Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick, and I'm here with my friend Zach. Hey, everybody. So today we're going to be continuing our ongoing series, going deep into the EDH rec data. This deep dive is going to go through each of the color identities in Commander, look at what the most popular commanders are, the cards most associated with them, and also just see what we can learn about the shape of the format Uh, what staples and cards are most popular, how people are building decks, Mm -hmm. and other lessons learned, whatever we can find. Yeah, yeah, see what, like, information just can be gleaned from from this in general, how Mm -hmm. people are building. I guess we're going to start with Esper. I think we're going to do shards today. Yes, today we're going to do the shards, meaning each color and its two allies, so all five of those. Coming in at number one in Esper Commanders with 3,076 decks is Aloro, Ageless Ascetic. This is a lot of decks. That is a pretty decent number. And the signature cards all made sense to me. Yeah, it's it's pretty clear that people are using this as a life gain deck. Within the signature cards, it's Sanguine Bond, Well of the Lost Dreams, Exquisite Blood, Crested Sun Mare, Alhamarat's Archive, Aetherflux Reservoir, all things that you would expect, things that trigger off life gain, make life gain better combo off with life gain yeah there's a there's a striking thing though in the signature cards there's a a color missing (laughs) from these signature cards yeah the deck is almost entirely white black or at least the signature cards are with the exception of drog skull reaver yeah yeah didn't need to be blue yeah no exactly (laughs) the aggregate deck seems to be like some life gain synergies and a lot of control so Mm -hmm. like Counter spells, kill spells, like you can run a few more one for ones with Aloro because he is a draw engine. Like he is an engine in himself. There's there's like two camps of people I've talked to when I have played at like various commander circles. There's like the people who really like Aloro, and then there's the people who really hate Aloro. And it seems to be just because he it's like the eminence problem. Like he just does something and like people get upset. It's yeah, you can't interact with it. You can't interact with it at all and Two life can add up if you're not paying attention to the Aloro player, Mm -hmm. but I don't actually think it's that oppressive. Yeah. I mean, it's more annoying when they're (laughs) building their deck to control the board really well, so it's hard to apply pressure to them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Definitely. In that case, it can be kind of frustrating, but... But yeah, that's Aloro. Really, I mean, honestly, I feel like I would have done something similar to that, so... Next, we have Zur the Enchanter <laughs> with 1,792 decks. Zur is a very particular deck. For those who don't know, he tutors out enchantments with CMC 3 or less every time he attacks. And is a 1-4 flyer for 4. four. Mana. Yeah. yeah. Signature cards are a lot of things that protect Zur and or help you combo off. or Or just like remove the board it's a it's a real toolbox of cheap enchantments yeah and there are as we're about to probably say some like some pretty good ones <laughs> that cost three or less necropotence that's of course a classic yeah classic zerg card mm-hmm. ways to protect him shielded by faith diplomatic immunity is one of the cards most yeah. strongly associated with zerg yeah classic enchanted creature can't be the target of spells or abilities and then diplomatic immunity can't be the target of spells or abilities so it just makes it very difficult to kill Zer yeah. <laughs> with anything but mass removal. There's also spot removal, like Grasp of Fate, Oblivion Ring, Detention Sphere, Imprisoned in the Moon, ways to... Close out the game. Yeah, you got your Ethereal Armor, Daybreak Coronet. This is one of the old boogeymen of the formats, mm-hmm. where like people would be like, No, why are you doing this? <laughs> when you sat down at a table with it, and it looks like it's still fairly popular. Being that it's this number two Esper commander. Yeah. Next, we've got Sen Triplets. So Sen Triplets has 1,151 decks. Tell me about the signature cards 
percent triplets. Yeah, so <laughs> so signature cards for send triplets. We got we got Celestial Dawn. Mm-hmm. That's fun. We got Minds Dilation. For those of you who don't know, Minds Dilation is a seven mana enchantment. It's five and two blue. Whenever an opponent casts his or her first spell each turn, that player exiles the top card of their library. If it's a non-land card, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. Kind of does what they're doing a little bit, you know, stealing your opponent's cards. Uh, we got Profane Procession. Okay, cool. That one might be algorithm slotted in. That's mm-hmm. fun. But then we got Cascading Cataracts and Exotic Orchard. Mm. Uh, both lands that fix your mana to be what your opponents make. Out of the signature cards, I think we can discount Profane Procession. So mm-hmm. it's really three cards that fix your mana and Mind's Dilation. Yeah. I feel like Chromatic Lantern, that should be... Chromatic Lantern should have been one. There's, like, a lot better options uh, than, like, Celestial Dawn. A lot of versions of this deck, if you look at the top cards, which is, like, the next category, it's all control cards. It's, like, Rhystic Studies, Supreme Verdict, Swords, like, Counterspell, like, stuff like that. So you basically control the board, and then you win with your opponent's decks. It feels like we can write send triplets off as good stuff. Yeah, this is definitely good stuff. I, I expected that, and it was definitely confirmed. Yeah. All right, next we have Sharam the Hegemon, which is at 1150 decks. And the signature cards for this one is basically what you were expecting. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of artifacts, including the full set of artifact lands that you can run. Sculpting Steel, Tezzeret the Seeker, Phyrexian Metamorph, Sphinx Summoner. Yeah, Metamorph is a key card for a lot of these decks. Yeah. Ethereum Sculptor, Fabricate, Master Transmuter. When you see... An artifact commander that gets back artifacts. This pretty much the deck. You can look at it, you see like there's a bunch of recycling, tutoring, cheating things out. Master Transmuter is one of the signature cards, so you can kind of assume like, I'm going to cheat in some things. Yep. There's not really much to say here. This looks exactly like I thought it would. Yep. The next deck is Sidri Galvanic Genius, uh, also an artifact commander. This one has 1127 decks. And very similar signature cards. In fact, uh, Sharm the Hegemon is in 68%. Yes, I actually disagree with a lot of these signature cards, though, because basically this deck should be... It should be things that make things artifacts and or, like, mana rocks. Mm-hmm. Like, and also Galvanic Servant... Or Voltaic Construct, sorry. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But for the most part, it's like a bunch of lands... Like, lands that care about artifact, Inventor's Fair, and Buried Ruin, and stuff. At, at, at Staff of Nin. Yeah. Well, Staff of Nin makes a little sense, because, of course, oh, yeah, you it, can, giving yeah. it Death Touch. There you go. I have done that before. Caltrops is also very cute. Uh, <laughs> for those who don't know, it's a three-mana artifact. Whenever a creature attacks, Caltrops deals one damage to it. Yeah. So, if you give that Death Touch, you're going to have a good time. Yeah, it's pretty silly. No one can attack, like, at all. And then my favorite card... That was in, I had a Sidri deck for a long time too, mm-hmm. was Aetherflex Reservoir once it came out. Mm. Because you get to like 51 life, and then you animate it and give it lifelink and death touch and just boom, boom, <laughs> boom, and it's pretty silly. So that was also something that's pretty fun. I feel like Charm is definitely more combo-y because she has those infinite loops, whereas this oh, one yeah. is more like you have some really cute ways to get value, and then occasionally you stumble across stuff like... Yeah, the combo off. Yeah. Or Aetherflux Reservoir or whatever. Like, I feel like comboing off with this one is more difficult. Yeah, oh no, that is definitely true. I, I definitely, As someone who's played all, a lot of these Esper decks, that is definitely true. <laughs> but that's our top five. We got uh, two Artifact Commanders, a Good Stuff, just incredibly efficient guy, and a very bored giant. And in total, that's over 8,000 decks... Yeah, so that's among those top five. It's a huge percentage of the the total because it drops off really fast after that. Yeah, the top five have around a thousand. We have like we cut that in half for the n- number six slot. Mm-hmm. So number six is Marieki Rebarret, which is basically what you would expect. So mm-hmm. Marieki is all about tapping to gain control of creatures, and then when she untaps, they die. The signature cards for Marieki are all just a bunch of things that untap her or give her haste so she can activate more quickly. Things mm-hmm. like Pemanzora, Thousand Year Elixir, Freed from the Real. So turn, really just turning her into a machine gun so yeah. she can just take control of people, drop them, find someone new. Yeah, my favorite thing about her too is that like Illusionist Bracers is in this deck, mm-hmm. but you really don't put it... You put it on like your Fate Stitcher or your Vizier of Tumbling Sands. Mm-hmm. You don't actually put it on your commander. <laughs> and that's 
one of the silliest things. But yeah, this is exactly what you think it's going to do too. Lots of untapping and tapping. Mm-hmm. And then this one actually surprises me, the next most popular deck. So Aminato is the next number seven deck. In just and, a couple months, yeah. supplanted like decades of history. Yeah, <laughs> with 319 decks. So honestly, it's not that many. Like the, what we were saying, that steep drop off there. Like it's running a lot of miracles. Uh, it's running like brainstorm and portent and stuff like that. A panharmonicon. That yeah. makes sense. I, I, I'm glad people are having fun with her. I think she is cool. Urtai the Corrupted is next with 312 decks, but he's also had, you know. Almost 20 years yeah, <laughs> to reach that watermark. Yeah, people just really not feeling Urtai. And his signature cards make sense, too. It's like Reassembling Skeleton, Grave Titan, Guile. Like Dictate of Erebos. Dictate of Erebos, Anointed Procession to get more dudes for your things, Like apparently. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. So it looks like the people putting these decks online is like, are building around him. But it's just not very popular, apparently. Now, actually, we start getting the really quick decline, because the next most popular is Dacon Blackblade, with 160 decks, basically, 170 decks. Signature cards, a whole lot of stuff that cares about lands, which is oh, understandable. Sword of great. the Animist, Burnished Heart, Explorer's Scope, Walking Atlas. <laughs> so basically every non-green way to like ramp yourself. That's really hilarious, and I also love that. But yeah, then it, it a lot of the next cards are like very new, so they haven't had a lot of time, like Verena, Lich Queen, Chromium, Yennet, Partners, I don't know if we really need to talk about. Partners. I'm happy with skipping Partners for yeah. this entire series, because it makes there's it too, too complex. Yeah, there's just too many things to think about. And then some old cards that don't do much. Yeah. So yeah, Esper, very popular, it seems like. Yeah, it looks like more people are playing these three-color decks mm-hmm. so far, or at least in Esper, which is interesting. People. Also unfortunate. Also unfortunate, because as kind of we mentioned a little bit, that is definitely, as we get into more colors, that don't have as many uh, mechanical footholds. Yeah. You're going to see a lot more good stuff. stuff. Yeah, um, the thing is, like, the more colors you add to a deck's identity, the more colors of good stuff that, like, the synergy cards have to compete with. Yes. And maybe if you're playing a monocolor deck, devoting slots to the top ten white cards... You still got 50 cards left over for your synergy. But if you're white-green, like, then you're competing against the top 10 white cards and the top 10 green cards, Mm -hmm. and then it's just going to eat away. And the top 10, like, green-white cards. Like, you start getting into the two-color cards and three-color, and there's some pretty, like, they crank power level on high, or, uh... On multicolor cards. Multicolor cards nowadays. Do you think that Esper is missing any commanders? Are there any archetypes in this color combination specifically that haven't really been touched on? I don't know. What do you think about this? Figuring out the missing archetypes for Shard and Wedge and four-color and five-color commanders is going to be very difficult. I'd be surprised if we got more than a handful, more more than yeah. like two or three going through all these Shards, just because there's a lot of commander themes tend to arise from things like guild identities yeah. or two-color pairs and draft archetypes. Yeah. So, like, there, the structure of the game more often tends to revolve around color pairs, and so that's where you get a lot of the mechanical connections that lead to easy commander designs. Yeah, yeah. I think the one thing in particular with the shards is that I'm expecting them to keep making good shard commanders because it's very easy. Because once you get to three color, you can pretty much, like, twist whatever knobs you need you can be like oh this is a black effect this is a white effect this is a blue effect like put it and make a card that is cool and fun mm-hmm. so i don't necessarily know if i would say that there are any holes as much as i think they could keep making cool esper commanders i, I don't think they need to like these commanders with multiple colors like people really love three color commanders mm-hmm. but i don't think we need that many more i would hope for wizards to really focus on the two colors i think a big chunk of like the fun of commander is tied up in those two color decks yeah yeah definitely because monocolor you can often feel like your hands are tied behind your back and then three color like you've got the good stuff issues kind of crowding out what you're trying to do with your deck moving on to grixis yeah we went on tangent there the number one grixis commander is nekusar the mind raiser with uh 2700 decks what's this archetype called the group slug that's what it is yeah so, yeah, this is probably the best group slug 
commander. Yeah, commander, I would say. And the yeah. signature cards are kind of what I would expect, what I've seen when people make this deck. A lot of effects that copy your commander's effect, just yes. stacking on top of each other. You've got your Fate Unraveler, your Underworld Dreams, your Spiteful Visions. Molten Psyche, which is really hilarious. Mm-hmm. You have, like, Waste Knot, which is, like, really brutal in this deck, especially when, like, you have these, like, Reforge the Soul, like a, a critical mass of wheel effects. Mm-hmm. Oh, Psychosis Crawler. Psychosis Crawler is pretty cool. One thing that is notable that we kind of mentioned before is that barrier to entry, so, like, uh, Wheel of Fortune is not in the signature cards. Coincidentally, Wheel of Fortune is also over $100. Yes, so. so I think that that goes to show the some of the limitations here where like the arguably best card for this deck is not in the sin- signature just because the price point, mm-hmm. which is very sad. Next is Marchessa the Black Rose, and she is 1,810 decks. And has a whole lot of signature cards associated with her. Yeah, she actually has like a bunch of cool signature cards. So uh, I think the number one is Unspeakable Symbol. Mm -hmm. So this is an enchantment. So you can pay three life to put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. Slave of Bolas, pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Slave of Bolas is really good. Great Betrayal. Also, you just keep their creatures forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my favorite card in this deck is Flare of the Hate Bound. Yes. (laughs) That card's so cool. Um, new additions that are actually pretty red are like Herald of Secret Streams. Yeah, this deck is pretty awesome. Like, you have a lot of ETBs, you have some control aspects, but mostly it's in the form of like cool creatures like yeah. Traxamundar and Grimgrin. There's there's just some really sweet stuff in here, like River Kelpie. Yeah, which is awesome. Uh, whenever River Kelpie or another permanent enters the battlefield from a graveyard, you draw a card and it has Persist. The great thing about Persist and Marchessa is that. Marchessa can erase the minus one minus one counters. So yeah, this is just a cool deck. It has really interesting synergies. The number three deck is Jaleva, Nefalia's Scourge. Hmm. With 1,165 decks, her signature cards, uh, could you guess? They're gigantic spells. (laughs) (laughs) Cruel Ultimatum, Army of the Damned, Blatant Thievery, Angarx, Wake... Yeah, some just, like, big, nasty things. Spelltwine is here, which I, I understand that's pretty cute. Yeah. And Garak's Wake is, is a funny one. It's, like, not even good, but it seems like people are just putting it in because this is... This sure is expensive. This sure is an expensive <laughs> card, yeah. There's, there's a lot of goofy things you can do. There's a lot of silly cards you can put into this deck. There's, like, things you can do with, like, copying spells... Which it seems like is a thing. Bonus round has made it into the signature cards fairly quickly, which I, I kind of agree with. Because you can basically see the turn you're going to go off. In general, this is like a lot of instant and sorcery shenanigans, but in a weird way. Yeah. Kind of what I expected. I actually didn't think that many people played Jaleva these days. Once Narset came out, it just seemed like Narset was just a much, much better version of Jaleva. Yeah, In definitely. like every possible way. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. Like, it, it basically was like, why am I playing with this? Actually, the next one also really surprises me. The next commander is Cast Dissident Mage, and I'm going to say I have not looked at her signature cards, and I'm going to guess it's good stuff. I think it's Storm. Storm. All right, so we're looking. I think you're right. I have some friends who are, like, got their fingers on the pulse of the CEH. Grixis Storm was already a deck, and they were just like, well... A Snapcaster Mage is good enough. That's better than the existing <laughs> options. I'll take it. Yeah, that makes sense. Actually, looking at this, this actually looks a lot more fun than I thought it would be. Yeah. Because um, there's a lot of different ways to storm, and like it, it, like some of the creatures are Towerand and Young Pyromancer. So like as you're going off, you can run like uh, Battle Him and stuff like that too, hmm. to like really make sure you go off. But the signature cards in particular are like. A lot of draw spells, mm-hmm. uh, some rituals, uh, Dark Petition made it on here. No- notably, like, really cheap draw spells, like yeah. Ponder, Preordain, Brainstorm. Yes, Faithless Looting is Gitaxian on here. Probe. Yeah, Gitaxian Probe. So that's, it, that is interesting. I'm happier to see that than I thought I was going to be. Hmm. The next one I've seen for years, and I know people have a soft spot for. So the number five commander is Thraxamundar. Don't look. What do you think of the signature cards? I'm going to guess... That Thraxamundar has things that care about death. I'm gonna guess it's Tribal Zombie. Oh no! Haha! <laughs> no! <laughs> Among the signature cards are Rooftop Storm, Diagraph Captain, <laughs> Cemetery Reaper, Diagraph Colossus, Lord of the Accursed. 
Oh boy, that's real, real spiffy. I mean, he he definitely is a zombie. That word is on his type line. <laughs> this is on the type line. Oh man, that is so silly. Well, Th- hopefully Verena can channel that energy and redirect in a people. Yeah, more, yeah, more efficient place. But look, you get Neheb in this list. <laughs> it looks like a third of the decks are tribal zombie. And then if you look at like the top cards, it's a bit more just generic Grixis control. There's a fair number of Nicol Bolas themed cards in these top cards. Yep, yep, definitely true. The the decks that aren't tribal zombie appear to be good stuff. Which makes sense, you kill something. <laughs> yeah. Your commander has haste and destroys something immediately, so that I could definitely see that being a thing. So that's our top five. So far, Grixis top five. Actually interesting things, more interesting than I thought there would be but mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense because these are honestly the commanders that i've seen the most every play group i've ever played in has since, at least one Nekusar since Nekusar has existed has had a Nekusar in it and marchesa every now and then i'll see a marchesa player and just give them a high five because mm-hmm. that list is red and then i haven't seen much to level like i said but i also haven't been playing at shops as much as i used to so it's interesting to see her still here i mean definitely the decks don't go away unless people were probably really excited about her when she came out the next ones, the interest level, I feel like, drops off fairly steeply. Yeah, so let's let's talk about <laughs> the number six, and I'll just confirm my fears about the number seven. Yeah. <laughs> so number six is Inala Archmage Ritualist with 783 decks. And the signature cards, they pretty much all have Wizard on the type line. Azami, Naban, Bloodline Necromancer for the combo. Just a whole bunch of Wizards, especially ones with activated abilities enter the battlefield effects just things that synergize well with her ability to make copies exotic orchard it's interesting that that um, yeah I, i'm not a signature card i don't really understand that oh it, it came in the deck so i guess the oh. people just didn't remove it <laughs> they're like well this is pretty good i can cast <laughs> my spells with this that's really silly no yeah i mean this this is um, more or less what i thought it was going to be i kind of expected some combo-y stuff don't actually see as much combo as I thought mm-hmm. there was going to be, which is, I guess, that, that's a theme, though, is that I've been seeing people not build into combos Yeah, I'm, so I'm very surprised that we're not seeing Wanderwine Profits, because that's a one-card combo with Inala. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly, like, stuff like that. So it's it's interesting that people are shying away from, the like, just comboing in general. Now that we've seen it so consistently over, like, a few episodes, it, it probably just is a thing about the format. Like, maybe it's, like, your friends get mad at you or something, but it's probably just a thing about the format at this point. Let me just do a quick price check and make sure that it's not speculators or people who were quick on the draw when this card got spoiled didn't shoot the price up. Yeah. Because that, of course, could be another That factor. also could be a factor, definitely. Okay, six bucks. Yeah, yeah that's, that's not it. That's not prohibitive, yeah. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, the next one, do you want to confirm your suspicions before we reveal? So the next one is Nicol Bolas, the original one from yeah, Legends. The, the original Elder Dragon. With 690 decks. And my guess is they're all themed decks themed around Nicol Bolas, and the signature cards are going to be everything Nicol Bolas. <laughs> hey, guess what? What? all right yeah (laughs) yeah it's all cards with him in the art or in the name or it's things like nickel bolus god pharaoh nickel bolus planeswalker nickel bolus the deceiver dark intimations cruel ultimatum torment of hailfire crux of fate hour of devastation gem of becoming slave of bolus visage of bolus that's a good one yeah in bolus's clutches You, you get the picture there's really, it's just really upsetting, honestly. Like, there's so many things that, could, like, honestly, Waste Not should be in this top cards, like the signature cards. Yeah. Like, that's so good. Guess Grimoire. Guess Grimoire. There's so many things. How about some haste granters? Yeah. How about ways to make them cheaper? Yeah, and it's also your commander, like, not only is it a three-shot kill, but they can't do anything about it once you hit them. Yeah. Which is, like, so strong. Like, Nicol Bolas is double such strike a... Double strike effect. Yeah, Nicol Bolas is such a strong commander, and you don't even really need to do that much in the way of Voltron to, like, support him and make him just destroy someone. So it's really silly. But instead, it's just seven and eight drop planeswalkers <laughs> all the way down. The next uh, commander is uh, Cedrus the Traitor King. I'm going to make a prediction on Cedrus. Okay. That instead of building around the Unearth Trigger, it's going to be Zombies too. 
that this is also just going to be Tribal Zombies. Uh, all right, let's see. Um, so it's 526 decks. Oh, no, they actually... They did it. Nice. Oh, wow, I'm so happy. There's at least two cards that work with the commander. <laughs> um, so in particular, I'm talking about like Sundial the Infinite and Deadeye Navigator. Um, I expected... Uh, Conjurer's Closet. Conjurer's Closet, too, and don't see it. But what happens is uh, Unearth... Uh, if the card would leave the battlefield, exile it instead. But these cards, like Deadeye Navigator and Condor's Closet, that exile, the trigger goes, oh, that's cool. And then it brings them back anyway. Yeah, it sees that you fulfilled what you were supposed to... Yeah, supposed know. to do, and then it, it puts them back like the card was supposed to. And Sundial obviously just gets rid of the trigger. So this looks like graveyardy good stuff with some little tricky bits, like we talked about. Some cool big creatures... Really not much to say. I'm I'm actually happier that this was actually a, a deck yeah. <laughs> and not a zombie pile. <laughs> I, I think we can probably skip Stop over it there. I yeah. think we're we probably hit all the more interesting ones. So sorry if you really like your Mishra Artificer's Prodigy. Unfortunately, with Nether Void being on the reserve list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little uh it's, it's a little prohibitive nowadays. So that brings us to Jund. Number one. With 1,963 decks is Prosh, Skyraider of Care. Immediately upon looking at the Jund commanders, you will notice a theme that we'll talk about. But basically, Prosh... Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, Jund is not very well represented in the commander meta, apparently. Yeah. There's a pretty steep drop-off. Prosh is number one uh, with the 1,900, and Kresh the Bloodbraid is number two with 870. Then it goes 619 and 427, so... Yeah, it drops off very steeply, very quickly. Uh, and I think, I know why, but Prosh... Yeah, we'll start uh, there. We'll start here. But I'm curious to hear your theory. Yeah, basically, the signature cards are a lot of probably what you've heard of, it mm -hmm. looks like. So there's things like Perforos, so that once you get a loop going with Prosh, you just kill them. You just win. Looks like Growing Rights is here because people can't afford, uh, me included, Guy's, guys Cradles cradle. anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Some people like can't even afford the Gold Border Guy's Cradle. I know, cradle. what the heck? I'm so glad I bought that, like, pro deck when I was, like, 12 years old uh, or whatever. <laughs> like, holy cow. Food Chain is here. Fecundity is here. Impact Tremors. Gobble oh Bombardment. Food so, Chain is $45. Yeah, Food Chain is $45 now. Jesus. Yeah, this, like, goofy, jank rare from... Years past. Arcadian Mask. Yeah. yeah, it is now... I'm surprised it's in so few of these decks, because that is, like, the thing to do. Yeah, that Prosh. is the thing that's, like, the cool cool guy thing to do. I don't know. If you've ever heard someone talk about a Prosh deck, that's pretty much what it looks like EDH Rike is saying. Mm -hmm. Some value creatures, Eternal Witness, like, Vendor Zenikar, if you want. But really, it's really... about, like, making use of these kobolds. Exactly, and Ashnod's altar. You get tons of sack water and a sack outlet, and just figure it out. Beastmaster Ascension, beautiful. Yeah, Beastmaster Ascension is great. That's a great addition. The instant seven creatures. Yeah. <laughs> so the next one I kind of mentioned before is Crush the Blood Braided. And Crush comes in, like I said, at eight, 870 decks. Sorry, don't look at the signature oh, okay, cards okay, yet. Okay. What do you think it's, it's going to look like? I've I've never been impressed with Crush. When I started playing, people were talking about Crush, and Crush was like pretty well represented. Yeah. But it always seemed very bad to me. No, I also agree. I also uh, think that Crush just needs a lot of things to go right to be really strong. I think what Crush is going to be is a bunch of like Voltroni power stuff. So looking at the signature cards, oh man, this is not great. Yeah, it's not is not good. The first one makes sense. It's Corpjack Menace. Put more counters Jeez. on your guys. Brutal. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Like, Fling is in the top card. Fling doesn't make any sense. Fling makes zero sense. Mage Slayer. It's like, now that I have this huge guy, instead of dealing 21 commander damage, I'm gonna... It's like, I attack you with my 11-11 crash. You take 11 to the face, then crash hits you for 11... Pass. <laughs> That's a game plan right there. There you go. Yeah, he could have done literally any other double strike or trample or furnace effect. Like, it's a sparse. Why I think Jund is not as good, or has, is not as well represented, is that the things Jund commanders are doing are, like, very underpowered. Or they're, like, not building around, like, an open theme like a lot of these other cards we've seen. For instance, to maybe hurry things along, like, Shattergame Brothers is number three. And that gives you an access to build around. You play some things, you blow up some things. 
and it's still so underpowered. I've tried building Shatter Gang. A friend of mine has built Shatter Gang. Yeah. After playing with it for a while, I realized like three mana is just way too much. It's way too much. Like even two would have been better and probably still sucked. Yeah. Like like it it really is a lot. Like you're spending so much tempo to do this thing and like if there's something you like really need to get at but your opponent has a couple sapperlings they can throw in front of it it's just like <laughs> yeah. so i'm gonna spend my entire turn and like all this sack fodder and resource- yeah the resources are important yeah it's pretty nuts and the the cards make sense like signature cards make sense it's like squee the immortal reassembling skeleton rancor uh, revel in riches, so you get artifacts to sack when creatures die. Like that's cool. Like these are cool things, but like the game plan is very slow. Compare it to Savra, Queen of the Golgari, which costs basically the same <laughs> amount of mana and does the same thing way more easily. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You don't have to spend any mana to do that. Yeah, um, it's and that's really the thing that I think is true. They just are so low power. Like I'll, I'll re- mention this when we wrap up. I don't actually think we need to talk about too many of these. Yeah. So the the next deck is here by virtue of he has a deck built around him. Mm-hmm. It's Karthus, Tyrant of Jund. Can you guess what he's going to be? Oh God, he's thirty three dollars. Wow. Wow. That's um, bizarre. Yeah. So he for, at four hundred twenty seven decks, Karthus, Tyrant of Jund. Do any of these? 14 signature cards not have the word dragon on them somewhere. <laughs> Audience, they all say dragon somewhere on them. Mm-hmm. All of them. Uh, so we got like Udvar Helkai, Atarka World Render, Bladewing the Risen, Dragon Tempest, Dragon Speaker Shaman. We got Crucible of Fire, mm-hmm. Crux of Fate, Broodmate Dragon. So basically just a bunch of dragons. And honestly, not even ones that I would play. Yeah. <laughs> like. like <laughs> I don't Car- think you should be running... Carthus was designed before they really started thinking about Commander. Yeah. This was like, what, 2010, 2009? Yeah, I think it was 2009, because it was when M10 came out. Yeah. He just does not make sense out of Commander. His abilities, like, don't make any sense. Yeah. Like, when he enters the battlefield, gain control of all dragons and untap all dragons. Okay, well, the problem is, in Commander, clones are pretty prevalent... So if anyone else has a clone, they steal your commander and all of your dragons yeah. forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like nothing you can do about it. Other... I know. It's pretty disheartening to like spend seven mana your entire turn on your Karthus and like, let's get it. <laughs> and then your opponent untaps and is like spends two mana on their phantasmal image. Yeah, and then sacks their Karthus to keep your Karthus. And yeah. you're just like out of the game at that point his other ability like other dragon creatures you control have haste and it's like you don't really need to give your other dragons haste if the thing granting haste costs seven mana out of all of the other dragons like most of them are cheaper than your commander is with the exception of like utvara Helkite. yeah <laughs> like they, most of the dragons that are being run in this deck are top at six mm-hmm. so it's like it's not helping too much yeah so his abilities either don't do anything or actively harm you yeah so sorry Karthus. i've seen you for many years and we'll continue to and also we'll continue to see you be very trolled mm-hmm. the next card our number five uh john commander is sekuar death keeper who i love i He's have a sweet soft as hell yeah i have a soft spot for him with 373 decks so we've starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel and we're in the top five still yeah so sekuar is a little bit obscure so we'll, we'll give you uh oh, yes. some info on what he does uh whenever another non-token creature you control dies create a 3-1 black and red graveborn creature token with haste Yes, that's so cool. Yeah. It's so much value for... So he doubles up all your sack fodder. Which is cool. Yeah, it doubles up your sack fodder. And then if you, for whatever reason, need to get in there, like have a recurring dude, you can like build up an army of three ones. Yeah, it's a reasonable size. That can, you know, once you got a handful of those, they can really yeah, do some damage. which is pretty cool. Uh, and they can be clamped. That's my favorite part about yeah. his tokens is that they have one toughness. Everyone knows one toughness strictly better than two toughness. Yeah, like if they made four one tokens on a commander one day, <laughs> wow. But yeah, the signature cards are red. I think it's it's sweet. It's surprising that he's so low considering that like a lot of the options above him are just much worse. Yeah. Because I consider him to be much better than Karthus and definitely better than Crash. But yes. it could be that we're just seeing another like Tesa or Savra thing where maybe the majority of commander players aren't really interested in this like 
intricate resource <laughs> management game. Yeah, I, I I honestly think that is true. The more we've gone through this, and the more I've talked to people, even just friends, or uh, we're in like a pretty big play group in particular, mm-hmm. and talking to some opinions from some people, and even just that play group, the one I play with the most, it has surprised me of like how little people want to put into like actually constructing their deck, mm-hmm. which is th- this or also dive, just like like having this board state and figuring out yeah what and like keeping track of okay gotta make sure i get the maximum amount of nether trader recursion yeah. <laughs> like some yeah. people just don't care about yeah that. definitely and it's a lot bigger portion of the commander population than i thought especially nowadays i think yeah but sequoir still rad i'll definitely give you a high five if you are playing sequoir all right That's let's do rad. one more deck because this one is Yes. Spicy. There, yeah, there's one more. And I want, yeah, one more deck, definitely. Um, so the number six commander for Jund is Lord Windgrace at 356 decks. He shot up through the rankings just like Amina too. Yeah. So he's just trailing Sekuar by less than 20 decks. He's yeah. probably going to overtake him pretty soon. <laughs> definitely. I wouldn't be surprised if he overtook Karthus. Yeah, I actually definitely, in like a year or so, definitely. Yeah, so I think Lord Windgrace is going to be one of the, the most played Jund commanders Mm-hmm. Pretty soon. Yeah, and he, he is cooler than I kind of gave him credit for when we initially saw him. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the deck list is a lot cooler. I still honestly don't think that black needed to be there. Oh, I agree. It's, but... There's two black cards in the deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now, no, now you get to run Assassin's Trophy. Oh, yeah, wow. of course. Of course. Um, yeah, let me just take out my Worm Harvest with my <laughs> Assassin's Trophy. <laughs> But yeah, this I mean this deck is pretty rad. It's like a cool value machine. You do get to do as advertised and like goof around with your lands and make some pretty intricate plays and get a lot of card advantage and play some grindy games. I actually have built Lord Windgrace and I am casting him a lot more than I thought I would. That's awesome though. I really like that. Mm-hmm. I really like their strategy that they've been doing. We see it obviously in... Um, Guild of Ravnica and these more recent sets too of like really high loyalty planeswalkers when they enter mm-hmm. just because they realize like oh people like getting to play with these cards and when we have like Kiora that enters with two loyalty mm-hmm. you, like you don't actually ever get to play with this card yeah and so I'm really happy that they went like oh commander card like this is isn't going through standard let's give it five loyalty and let's give it a plus two yeah like that's awesome because he, it does he has survived a round of turns way more than i was expecting him. yeah the aggressive deck has to want to attack him as opposed to like you mm-hmm. which is not always the case yeah sometimes just like getting back to lands and eating a bunch of damage is totally fine yeah no totally like just having your commander be a fog and while you can mess around with other things this, this deck has so much inevitability yeah it's so great once you've like really got your your thing going then you're just like worm harvest can you deal with these 20 tokens and then eventually somebody will say yes i have a wrath and then i untap and it's like okay worm harvest can you deal with these 20 tokens? <laughs> 21 21 21 tokens. yeah 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 um, no, but yeah, this deck is a, a lot cooler than I thought it was going to be. I'm very happy Lord Windgrace exists. Still don't think he should be black. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I mean, now we've had such a steep drop-off uh, after Lord Windgrace. I do want to mention some decks that I think will get more. I think uh, Vivictus will probably get more decks over time, mm-hmm. since it's only been like a few months since he's been printed. But certain decks... Yeah, Vivictus is definitely like a a very solid good stuff commander yeah I, I could imagine him finding his way into the top five too certainly over a zero area <laughs> which is the number seven right now but um yeah they're they're there's just this thing where they don't want oh no they just don't want to print good junk command like if you look at this last year like we had gyrus waker of corpses and Thantis, the Warweaver? Like, what do these cards do? And this is a theme. Like, Darigaz Reincarnated was this last year. And it just, like, for three turns you don't have your commander, but you save on some commander tags. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand, like, why they do this. What are they doing? I think it might just be their expectations for the type of player who has not yet ascended to the realm of of blue mage. <laughs> the blue mage. Someone who is still, like, stirring the mud with a stick. <laughs> throwing rocks down in the quarry yeah, like, yeah i mean that's that's my, the jun problem i think is that the cards just aren't as efficient as other colors and that that is uh i think because they maybe because they don't need to be because i guess people will like play their Karthus and be happy 
the next shard is going to have like a similar problem that we're building for Timmy problem, mm-hmm. uh, which is Naya. The number one Naya commander is Mile of the Anima. Coming in at 1,494 decks, you cheat in eight drops and they hit people. <laughs> Spending six mana and tapping her to maybe get a seven drop. It's not mm-hmm. not massive savings there. Yeah, yeah. The, I think the thing that really like makes it decent is that it's instant speed. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that I think like is the saving grace of the card. One in 20 games, you'll like cheat out a Gisela and then have a big turn and it'll be really exciting. But I actually, I do agree, like, this has the Timmy problem of just, like, I have my big boys, and then someone goes Wrath of God, and you go, no! Mm-hmm. And then you gotta wait <laughs> longer. Yeah, I, I think that maybe what she wanted to be was just significant cost reduction, yeah. or or even just, like, an Elvish Piper. Yeah, an Elvish oh. Piper, or even, yeah, an Elvish Piper actually would have been great. Or something like Gorklaw would have been cool. But again, this was before Commander was really in the spotlight mm-hmm. when in their kind of field of vision. The next card was definitely within that field of vision, <laughs> and it's pretty red. It's Marath, Will of the Wild, with 1,364 decks. Yeah, so much for uh, so much for Naya players being like Timmy's. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the number two card is... Is Gave, but you gotta work even harder. Yeah, <laughs> and it has some really cool things in it. Like, this deck plays really fun. Uh, it plays, like... Nick just said, like, Gave, but not as good. <laughs> mm-hmm. You get a lot of the same tech. You got Aura Shards and stuff like that. Signature cards are very similar. Cathar's Crusade, Anointed Procession, Hardened Scales. But uh, instead of some of the black tech, you get, like, Perforos or... That's kind of it. <laughs> Basilisk Color, that's Basilisk some tech. Color, yeah, that is some tech. But yeah, Mar- Marith is actually pretty rad. Uh, I've seen some really cool Marith decks. It plays really fun. It's It's a cool machine i think at the very end we'll talk about that it kind of gets into the point i think is being made here like without us knowing it number three is earl the Mistalker with 916 decks what do you think are the signature <laughs> cards let's see our <laughs> runes of the dais among them <laughs> definitely we got both armadillo cloak and unflinching courage mm. wow strong plays uh, we got three dreams bear umbra ancestral mask who would have thought? Shield of the Oversoul. Nice. Shield of the Oversoul. Whoa. Wow. And then also, Winds of Wrath is not in the signature cards, but definitely is in the top cards, <laughs> yeah. which is probably one of the best parts of this deck. Mm-hmm. Earl as intended. It's cool that they've got a great Voltron deck that has a little bit more direction. Yeah, a little bit more direction. It's very nice. Like, th- this actually rewards you for doing the thing mm-hmm. that it says, which is uh, very nice. Number four is Gahiji Honored One with 751 decks. I did not expect this at all to be in the top five. Yeah. Like, I'm just gonna, like, I did not expect it at all. Signature cards are hilarious. (laughs) I did not expect any of these cards. Well, actually, I expected, like, Tempt with Vengeance and, like, maybe Ride of the Raging Storm. Some of these make no sense at all. So, for those of you who don't know, Gahiji, uh, whenever a creature attacks one of your opponents or a planeswalker and opponent controls, that creature gets plus two plus zero oh until end of turn. Yeah. So I assumed that this deck was going to be a lot more about I'm going to get tokens onto the battlefield mm-hmm. and they just all get plus two plus zero, oh, mm-hmm. and my opponents are going to help me because they're incentivized to attack each other too. But the way people have built this is really interesting like uh, way more focusing on like i'm gonna make you guys attack each other instead of just i'm gonna take advantage of this sweet anthem that my commander gives me yeah which is hilarious i mean there's a reason disrupt discorum has been skyrocketing in price lately Mm -hmm. it's at 10 bucks now and it's only like a year old wow uh just because people love that effect Mm -hmm. and you know if they like it Go for it, buddy. Yeah, but like Disrupt Decorum, Goblin, Goblin Spymaster. Spy That's the one that really gets me. Yeah, which if you don't know what this card is, we forgive you because it's very obscure. <laughs> each opponent's end step, they get a token that says creatures you control attack each combat if able. Yep. And Fumiko the Low Blood, creatures your opponents control attack each turn if able. So really, they also have like Windborn Muse and Ghostly Prison and Kazool, Tyrant of the Cliffs. <laughs> yeah. But really, you're already rewarding your opponents for attacking each other. Yeah. You don't have... I feel like you don't need to devote card slots to forcing them to do it. Yeah. Like, if they just have the choice between, well, I could have this Reclamation Sage sit back, or I could dome him for four... Yeah. I'm probably just going to do it. You don't have to 
force my hand. Yeah, it's pretty... Like, two power is a, actually getting to the, the number you need it to be, especially with tokens. Yeah. Like, that's actually a pretty sizable... Like, you're, you're starting to get the bang for your buck with that, so it is interesting that, like, Goblin Spymaster mm-hmm. <laughs> made it into so many of these decks. And then the number five, Commander 2, this is the one you were really shocked about. Yeah. And I, same, honestly, I'm not, I'm I'm right there with you, is Gishath Sun's Avatar. Whoa, with 734 decks. Unbelievable. Signature cards are, every single one of them mentions dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. The only one that's not a dinosaur, uh, at Zokan Seer, which is a 2-3, makes a man of any color, and you can sack it to return a, gri- a dinosaur to your hand. Oh, and then there's also the Dinosaurs Get Haste guy, Autopack Master, who should have been the commander. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree completely. Like, that should have been the Dinosaur Commander. That would have been way better. It is hilarious that this many people were like, Yeah! I feel so bad for all those people. It's not gonna work out great for them. Yeah, and also that they knew Gishas was in the set. They saw all the dinosaurs, and they still made... Like, hardly any dinosaurs with ETB triggers. Mm-hmm. And the ones that they did make with ETB triggers, it was, like, from your hand. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Yeah. It's just so heinous. doesn't so do anything better. with Enrage. Like, you get all these dinosaurs onto the field after you've already tacked for the turn. Yeah. And it's like, man, I, I sure hope they're still here next turn. Yeah, I sure hope. Uh, boy, howdy, do I hope, sure these, hope these dinosaurs don't go extinct. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I think we can speed up after this because it's, there's a severe drop-off. Oh, yeah. uh, number six is Samet Voice of Descent. Uh, there's Rith the Awakener, which I, I would have thought would have been in the top five, honestly. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many Rith decks over the years playing. It might have just been that like the databases that these things are, are built modern. out of yeah. are more modern and... By the time these databases came around, like, Rift was already losing favor. People were already switching over to, like, MyAL or Ural yeah, or something. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Summit Voice of Descent, I'm guessing this... Oh, wow. Only three signature cards. Yep. So it's a good stuff deck. Yep. Okay. All right, that's fine. Yeah, you just play, like, good creatures, and they have haste. And, yeah, Rift, there's not really too much tech going yeah, on I, Yeah, I think decks. we can skip the rest. There's a severe drop-off, basically, like, after Rith, it goes down to 300. Basically, you have around 400, goes down to around 300, and then it drops steeply to 180, then 71. Yeah. So these decks fall off really quickly. I think Sandman, Hazon, Tamar. Oh, he's cool. That's he, really cool. He's so expensive. He's also $160. Yeah, he's so cool, and he's so much money. What the heck? Yep. Love Jeez, that reserve list. Gotta love the reserve list. I think this is a good time just basically to say the same thing as Jund. Where a lot of these are built for Timmy. The the top ones are definitely post-Commander being in the spotlight, which is definitely noticeable. I think that, like, these top five, these aren't heinous. They don't have anything like Kresh or Karthus, where it's just, like, why? Yes. <laughs> like, like Myel... Okay, I'm not in love with that one, but, like, Marath, that's sweet engine deck. Ural, yeah. Ural that's, like, interesting the... take on Voltron. Mm-hmm. Gihiji, that's cool. Although I guess Gishath, we could always yeah, scratch our heads poor, over that one. Poor guy. But yeah, I, I would have thought Rith would have been number five, mm-hmm. like looking at this list, but it wasn't. And I think that's just because, like, A, people like Tribal. B, these cards aren't super strong. And Gishath, as just a creature, is fairly strong. Like, seven power, tasty dude. Yep. With vigilance and stuff. Like, so people probably like that. But again, like, the junk problem, like, not a lot of deck lists because you don't have a lot of tech that you can do, I think. <laughs> honestly. Hey, which do you think is a better Voltron commander, Ural or Gish? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, yeah. So we're moving on to Bant, the last of the shards. Uh, and Bant is a little healthier. This top 10 looks pretty good. Yeah, it's a uh, little honestly. bit healthier than the other ones. There's a pretty steep drop off, but not as steep as the uh, other ones. And the number one Bant commander, actually, can you guess? Can you guess? It's Derevi, Imperial Tactician. With 2,088 decks. Oh, wow. I was not expecting this. Whoa! Yeah, I also was not expecting this. This is... What? There are so many cards that could be signature cards for this deck. There are only two signature cards in Derevi, which is very, very surprising. That is nuts. I mean, Azami Lady of Scrolls is one of them, and that makes perfect sense to me. Because, like, yeah, you draw a bunch of cards. Yeah. But then the other one is Biden of Sasa. And then that's it. And that's it. I would have thought like Squirrel Nest would be here. Yeah, or, like, just anything. Any, yeah, I know, like uh, Thraben Doomsayer. Yeah. That two cost guy that exerts to make a one one warrior. Yeah. Like 
there are so many things that work awesome. Will honestly, even Willbreaker is uh, like some cutie tech because you're like untap your guy, gain control of it. Like that, that's like something that I've seen played before too. Like that, literally, there could have been so many things here, and instead, there's nothing. Anything that taps to make a guy, like you're, you basically double your tokens every single turn. Yeah, it's uh, very you few get your commanders. combat damage. Yeah, yeah, very few commanders offer exponential growth, as has been said on this podcast before. Yes. And uh, this is one of them, so it's really amazing. Also, the number two commander surprises me, uh, if we're gonna... It's Rune of the Hidden Realm. With 1,596 decks, Rune has a full signature card list. It's just bant flickery things. Yeah, mostly ETB creatures and then ETB enablers like Panharmonicon, Conjurer's Closet, Eerie Interlude, Brago. Deadeye Navigator. I did not know this was this popular. I would have thought that people were using another commander to do this like brago or something yeah it's it, this guy's so much less powerful than brago so yeah i mean rune is number two it's a flicker deck <laughs> that's definitely in this color pie it's some cool tech the gameplay is fun which brings us to number three which is rafik of the many rafik's really popular he has 1265 decks listed another very powerful Voltron another commander from the block yeah just like this guy like kills you so fast and it's so funny how, like, he works so well with, like, the Exalted triggers, too. Like, mm-hmm. you put in Finest Hour and just destroy someone, <laughs> like, really quickly. Signature cards are things with Exalted and Voltron cards. I don't really agree with the things with Exalted part. Yeah, I, I don't either. Because I, it's like, okay, sure, it gives your commander a plus two power, but alternatively, this could just be, like... A bone splitter? Yeah, exactly. I think Sovereigns is correct here. I think, like, Finest Hour and Sovereigns is cute and, like, fine. Yeah. Those are the... the, But that's it. (laughs) I don't Mm -hmm. think that you should put Battle Grace Angel here. I don't think that Guilt Spire Avenger should be here. He's gonna do what you want. Even Quasali Pride Mage. Like, I understand why people run him in decks, but I don't think he's necessary to this game plan. Like, why not just put in your Inquisitor's Flail... Yes, yeah. Especially when Deal a commander has damage. when a commander has double strike too. Like that, that is so like you're dangerously close to a one shot with yes. an inquisitor's flail. It's so silly. So whatever. That's I've been surprised by how many people just don't want to think, and so they see exalted. They see oh, exalted tax alone double strike. Like they just throw all that together. Yeah. They don't really want to think about it. Which you know that's something I'm gonna have to live with. <laughs> The number four commander, too, is actually surprising to me, <laughs> because it's Feldergriff. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he's been around for like for a long 20 years. time, yeah. So Feldergriff with 659 decks, so a fairly steep drop-off, God. half the cards, you or can, half the deck list. You already know what these signature cards are, yes, you don't, don't need even, us to tell them. Yeah, but basically... It's group hug. All right. It's disappointing, but not unexpected. There you go. That's perfect. Yeah. Number five bank commander. Jenner Asher of War is our number five with 638 decks. God. There is a signature card. But this single signature card is from earlier this year. Yeah, from a few months ago. So 44% of 39 decks, <laughs> which, you know... Not really enough to call it a signature yeah, card, this, honestly. Yeah, this has been bumped up because of the algorithm, and it's Shalai Voice of Plenty, if you were curious. So Janara is just a good stuff deck. It's not its own archetype, doesn't add anything to the format. Yeah, I could have told you that, too. You, you're running, like, Cyclonic Rift, Pass, Supreme Verdicts, and then your commander is your win condition. Yeah. You're, you're just running good stuff, uh, you blow up things you don't like, and then your commander is an, an efficient beat stick that doesn't cost that much. Mm-hmm. Whoa, crazy. Number six is more interesting. I would have thought that this was actually in the top five. Um, it's Rubina Soulsinger, and she has 427 decks. Oh, Ooh. what? Again, with the the juke on the signature cards. So the only signature card is Home of the Host, which, again, is from Dominaria <laughs> earlier this year. 47% of 38 decks. So Rubinia, also a good stuff deck, is... Fair to say. Yeah, wow. I really would not have thought that, because you can actually, like... Do stuff with her. She actually has, like, a direction to push in. I'm surprised that we aren't seeing, like, a lot of the same tech from uh, Mariaki Rebarrett. Yeah, and I was gonna say, like, this is... That's actually one of the things that people have talked about for years is how similar their two designs are. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, like, the tech is similar for both of them. And, and you're sharing two colors. You're sharing blue and white, so you get a lot of the same cards, presumably... 
that untap and tap and whatnot. The next card actually has jumped up very quickly, and it makes sense, honestly, because this was put out just a few months ago. Yeah. It's Arcades the Strategist. Yeah, that's um, a sweet one. Yeah, really rad. I expect this to have more lists, too. This deck is pretty awesome. It definitely has signature cards that make a lot of sense. Lots of defenders. You're also getting, like, Sunscape Familiar and, mm-hmm. like, things that do cost reduction, things that care about defending... High toughness to CMC ratio. Yes, high toughness to CMC ratio. Also, Fell the Mighty, which is hilarious. Mm. I love that that is in this deck. There's a lot of tech for this deck. Yeah, there's a lot of tech not even listed in like the signature cards. I'm, yeah, I'm surprised that like Retribution of the Meek's not here. Or, yeah, like, I like that Dusk is here. That's so hilarious. Nice. Dusk to Dawn is here. Oh, Slaughter the Strong. Slaughter Great. the Strong is hilarious. Tetsuko. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, this deck is awesome. Uh, we've talked about it before, and it's still awesome. It's a shame that Tetsuko doesn't get the, the, t- the like, yeah, damage buff. I think there's probably better things that yeah. you could be running. But Tim comes in at number 8 with 391 decks. Angus McKenzie. What archetype is represented by him? You know, Angus McKenzie might be some uh, good stuff, might be some foggy stuff, uh, some pillow fort. The good old-fashioned fog, he is currently $200 if you want to build him. Signature cards are pillow fort. I do like that Approach of the Second Sun has made its way into this list. I actually actually think that's appropriate Mm -hmm. for this. That's sweet. Yeah, even though it's not super old, there aren't too many decks with it. There you go, there's your win condition. Yeah, but I, I actually do legitimately like that because it's your win condition for Tim. This is a kind of like a format classic too, people have been making this guy for forever. Yeah. Also jumping really high up in the rankings are two new cards and then we can probably speed along because... Yeah, I think we can skip the rest after that. Yeah, so the next two cards are also very recent. It's Estrid the Masked, coming in with 263 decks... And I've been kind of waiting to look at this. I want to see if it updates, because I expected it not to be stacks and have been proved correct. Yeah. Uh, but there are a lot of land enchantments, land auras. It doesn't make sense, though. Like, what are you... Like, They're it, just ramping with her. The reward seems so bad. Yeah, if you're not staxing, I don't understand why you would do this. Yeah. I have a lot of Blossoms and Enchantresses. Enchantresses present, I can't talk. <laughs> Are here uh, again. We have a Winds of Wrath. That's pretty rad. More or less, people are building this like Enchantress. Yeah, it's crazy that, yeah. to me that she's more popular than Tuvasa, which is like which is the, Enchantress the exact type. same archetype, but he's much better at it. Yeah, and so yeah, that is number ten. Yeah, running my... at the top ten is Tuvasa with uh, 195 decks, basically the exact same <laughs> signature cards. Yeah, with a little bit more. There's Sphere of Safety is here. Open the Vaults is here. Argothian Enchantress is here. But a lot of similar things. Herald of the Pantheon's here, Enchantress is present, Adelana Blossoms. It's like the same-ish cards. Probably better if you're just going to build Enchantress, like Nick just said. I... Maybe it's just like people like Planeswalkers. People, people are having fun with like making papercraft mask tokens. Uh, maybe, honestly. I think also it might be that people know the buzzword that like, oh, Planeswalkers are powerful. And so they want to play with that. That might be part of it too. Yeah. Which kind of rings out the Bant Commander's. Bant has a little bit more going for it. Going through this, I'm actually surprised at the last three color combos. The, like, green ones? That's what we just went through. We went through Bant and Aya Jund. Yeah. They just have a lot less game in them than Grixis and Esper did. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of amazing to me. Like, obviously, like, Derevi, Rafik, these are very good cards. Even, like, Arcades and, like, Rubina, stuff like that. Like, these are cards that you can build around very thoroughly. And like very like have a very strong deck with. Well, I I think it's disappointing <laughs> that like Janara and Rubinia are both good stuff, and then Derevi is good stuff as well. Yeah, the fact that Derevi was being built good stuff when this card gives you like a lightning focus direction, mm-hmm. untap. Oh, okay, I'll look for tap symbols. Like I feel like it's that simple. Or even just like Winter Orb. Yeah, like I'm gonna have creatures. And, and I'm going to untap my things, and you're not going to. Yeah. Like, yeah, even stuff like that. So it is pretty buck wild that that's not the case here. <laughs> you get rid of Janara, Rubinia, and if you get rid of, like, the Feldegriff, the group hug. Yeah. And then the Pillow Fort, which yes, not a real thing. It's not a real thing, everybody, please. You're down to Drevi, Rune, Rafik, Arcades, I like, guess Tuvasa. Tuvasa, Estrid, but... Going into this, I knew that Jund had like a huge gap 
I knew Jun commanders were just like not super good compared mm-hmm. to other commanders, and and literally like just compared to Bant commanders, these commanders are so much better than most of the Jun ones, yeah. like massively better. Yeah, in Jun, there's only like three decks I would ever consider making. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. Like there, it's it's pretty nuts. There's a pretty stark contrast, and also I might build Sekwar now that I've seen him again. Mm-hmm. I've been just been like sitting every. He's in one of my binders, and I, every time I look at him, I just fondly mm-hmm. just like hold him in my hand <laughs> and go, "One day, baby." Do you have any final thoughts about the five shards? I was surprised. I knew that the shards had more options than the wedges, and I thought it would be a little bit deeper. It's definitely unfortunate that we've got a decent representation of good stuff among these decks. Yeah, every single top five had some good stuff. Yeah, although Grixis surprised me as being particularly good. There was just a lot of sweet ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which, I mean, like, again, like, now hindsight's twenty twenty. looking back at them, it's like, oh, yeah, these all are cool and give you cool like space to build in Mm -hmm. but i would not have just thought of that anecdotally like just like living my life (laughs) and now i can actually like know our stuff and can actually be like well no like that opinion is wrong (laughs) (laughs) we've got the data to back it up we got the data we got it so um yeah i guess for now thanks for joining us yeah we'll we'll talk to you guys next time thanks for listening If you want to get in touch with me, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr. If you want to reach Zach, he is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter and Tumblr. The opening song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. We'll talk to you guys next time.